You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye and PJ Steven. That's right, everybody. It's the newest episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, the wrestling episode, I should say, of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye. Uh, joined, as always, with the wrestling show co-host, PJ Steven. PJ, how you doing today, bud? Oh, fantastic. We're coming off of a terrific Christmas. We are recording this on Tuesday, and uh, Christmas was on Sunday. It was a pretty uh, pretty sweet day. I've been off work for the last couple of days, um, so that's even been um, that's been even better, being off of work. That's always fun. Uh, did you have to go back to work right after Christmas? Listen, man, I, like a moron, um, I sort of used my PTO throughout the year. Everybody on my team, uh, so I, it's hard to explain. I'm going to try to make it quick. Um, we get Christmas Day off. We get New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off as far as right. my holidays go. Um, so we got Monday off as an observed Christmas since it fell on a Sunday. And then since New Year's Eve and New Year's Day falls on a Saturday and Sunday, we get Friday, the 30th off. I'll be heading to Jacksonville for the South Carolina Notre Dame Bowl game. Um, and uh, – we also get next Monday off, so it'd be January the second. Um, I believe everybody on my immediate team took off today, tomorrow, and Thursday to essentially give themselves like eleven straight days off, and they only had to use three days of PTO. Had I been, yeah, had I been a little smarter about taking my time off throughout the year, I probably would have done the same thing. But no, I did have to go back to work today. Um, I'll tell you who else is going to have to go back to work tonight. And that is the, that are the stars of NXT, WWE's quote-unquote developmental uh, territory, if you will. Um, and that's what we're here to talk about today, PJ. NXT deadline that took place December 10th, 2022, a few weeks removed. It's been a while since we did an NXT show. So I figured why not sort of end the NXT year with an NXT pay-per-view. We are coming very, very rapidly to the, the season finale, season four finale of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. So let's get right into the opening bell and discuss some of the incoming storylines in this NXT deadline. I'll be honest with you. Um, we sort of, I, I sort of alluded to it off the air. Um, I have not been watching NXT religiously over the last few months. So this is the first NXT show that I actually sat down and watched in quite some time. The biggest storyline heading into NXT deadline was the introduction of a new gimmick match called the Iron Survivor Challenge. Um, there was a men and a women's, and I'm going to go ahead and read out the rules because if you watch the show, they will read them out twice for you. Um, the, the, the match happens as follows. Five wrestlers compete in the match. The match goes 25 minutes. It starts with two wrestlers in the ring. When the timer begins, every five minutes, a new wrestler will enter until the fifth and final participant entering at the 15-minute mark. Each time a wrestler scores a pinfall or submission or be, uh, becomes a victim of a disqualification, they gain a point. Uh, points can be gained before other participants have entered the ring. Uh, once a wrestler is pinned, submitted, or disqualified, they go into a penalty box for 90 seconds. The winner of the match, dubbed the Iron Survivor, is the wrestler who scores the most points at the end of the 25-minute time limit. And the result of a tie, those who are tied enter in a sudden death overtime. And on this pay-per-view, the winners of the Iron Survivor Challenge would become the number one contenders for the NXT and the NXT Women's Championship 
respectively. PJ, um, how did you feel about this new gimmick here um, before you actually got to watch it? And then we'll get into break it down. And we'll actually, we'll actually go over these two matches. I hated it. I hate, even you, <laughs> even you reciting it back to me. I was like, fuck, I hate this. Like, I, I hate, I hate the words. I hate the word penalty and, and pro wrestling. I hate that. And that used to be a big TNA thing with the King of the Mountain match and the lethal lockdown bullshit penalty. I, I, I hate that in pro wrestling. Um, and let me just go on record. I hated both of those matches. So like, great, yeah. great. So the action and the talent of the um, of the uh, participants and the wrestlers in the matches were spot on, but the match itself, I think, got in the way of what these folks could truly do. And I hated it. I I really hated it. Yeah, um, I can't. And wait I, to- I I. I I'm not, you know, and again, I'm not shitting on the participants. I, I hate, I, I, I hate it. I'm Listen, shitting on this Iron Survivor Challenge bullshit. I hate we, it. We didn't know what we saw. Did I, did I, did I mention I hated it? Yeah, just a little bit. We didn't know okay. what we were getting when we heard about Elimination Chamber. Um, we didn't know what we were getting with the Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, I wanted to keep an open mind despite having the the, the rules being so intricate. Listen, when you're a professional wrestling. Uh, audience, the more intricate the rules for a match, the more likely you are you to lose the audience. Um, we're going to get into these matches shortly. The only other like major storylines, the New Day would show up on an episode of NXT to challenge pretty deadly to an NXT Tag Team Championship match. Um, it was made for official for this pay-per-view, so we will get to see this match. Uh, New Day was chasing a triple crown tag team championship, obviously with both the Raw and SmackDown championships underneath their belt. And then finally, the main event would feature a longtime WWE superstar Apollo Crews after making his return to NXT back in June, taking on longtime NXT champion Braun Breaker, the son of the dog-faced gremlin Rick Steiner. Um, again, those are those are your main storylines. There were a couple things, a couple other things that you can talk about, but um, not not necessarily um, to this caliber. PJ, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to get all into this NXT deadline, and we are going to get to either, I don't know, love or hate the two Iron Survivor Challenges. Stay tuned to see how we feel about them right after this. We'll be right back with more tap outs and touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. All right, everybody, welcome to Break It Down, where PJ Steven and your guy, Bully Rye, are going to break down NXT deadlines. Once again, as briefly mentioned in the opening bell, 
the NXT Deadline Premium Live event took place December 10th, 2022 from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. They're actually going back on the road, I believe, next month or the month after. Regardless, uh, they're going to be at the uh, Charlotte Stadium. I can't. I want to say it's called the Spectrum Center. I don't. I should know. I was just there for a Hornets Knicks game, uh, but they'll be back on the road. So this this is the last premium live event from the uh, uh, Performance Center this year. Um, there were a couple of dark matches on this card that I did not get to see. Ivy Nile taking on Lash Legend and Chase University, a team of Duke Hudson and Andre Chase taking on Javier Bernal and Zion Quinn. I'm just going to take a guess at those names because, again, I have not watched NXT in some time. PJ, just real quick, did you get to watch either of these matches, and do you know any of the participants in these two matches? I'm totally – I'm going to be real with you. I don't know any of the participants, but I did watch the matches because I wanted to keep an open mind, as you mentioned earlier with the Iron Survivor. And um, I did enjoy the matches. Uh, they were they were fun, short and sweet. Uh, I think the first match went six minutes, 37 seconds. Um, the second one went nine minutes, 46 seconds. Um yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Not 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 terrible. Yeah, I'm aware of Chase University. They were a heel stable for for quite some time in NXT, and it seems like they've sort of won the crowd over here. So, the uh, only thing I looked up is that uh, the Zion Quinn, um, he's a he was a former um, rugby player. Uh, rugby player. Yeah, and I looked him up because I was like, oh, I, I don't know who he is, but he looked familiar. And I don't know how I would think he looks familiar. I haven't watched a, a rugby yeah. game in my entire life, but um. Australian, no, still, it's good yeah, stuff. Australian professional wrestler and former professional rugby league footballer Daniel Sean Vidot or Vidot or Vido, whatever it is, his name is Zion Quinn here in NXT. Uh, but that leads us into the start of the show. Um, I'll be honest, the one thing I love about the WWE premium live events is that they, at least recently, they've only had a few matches that keep your attention. Um, and I don't know about you, I know you said that the action and stuff wasn't terrible. But it sort of kept my attention. The first match on the main card, the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, once again, a 25-minute time limit. So that's how long this match goes. Uh, your participants, Roxanne Perez, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Kiana James, and Indy Hartwell. Uh, PJ, uh, let's start with you. Uh, how would you feel about I know you, you hated the gimmick. You weren't a fan of the of the of the match. Um, how did you feel about the action inside of the Iron Survivor Challenge? The action was just fine. Um, the wrestling was was fantastic. I I really did enjoy it. a couple of notes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, uh, sorry, I was choking on my drink there. Uh, <clears throat> so the action was just fine. I didn't mind the I didn't mind the action. Uh, I thought it was super fun. Uh, there were just a few, few Gaga moments. Um, Cora Jade being with uh, Perez in the penalty box. Um, Jade's gonna beat her hands against the penalty box while the the rivalry's getting stewed there, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, but the you know the odd woman out is Kiana, who didn't even get a point. Uh, she couldn't even get on the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't hate the the, the psychology and the actual wrestling of the match. It started slow. Um, but it started building up a little bit, and I kind of got it at the end. But um, yeah, fun match. Yeah, listen. The only thing I really I, dug... I just I, I just hate the I, I just hate the Gaga of the match. I guess you know yeah. 
there, you know, that, but I, I feel like a hypocrite because I also like, it's one of those things like this seems stupid to me, but I'm over here going like, dude, you remember the buried alive match between mankind and undertaker? Wasn't that a great match? You know, or the, so or the boil ball was it the boiler room brawl. Okay. Um, the boiler room brawl is, is still, I, I still put that match like above a lot of matches. Well, nevertheless, um, what I, I did like about this match was the sense of ur- urgency down down at the end. Um, I hope this sort of match never makes it into a WWE 2K video game. <laughs> um, we got some statistics, statistics here. Uh, Zoe Stark would get a point against Roxanne Perez after the K360 with 9 minutes 31 seconds uh, into the match. Cora Jade would pin Keanu James after a super kick at 12 minutes 38 seconds. Indy Hartwell would come into the ring uh, and get an, a pin over Roxanne Perez after a big boot it's at the 16-minute mark. Then Roxanne Perez, who already eaten two pins in this match, would get a pin against Zoe Stark uh, after a schoolgirl, 1837 in the match. And then after a Pop Rocks, would get a pin on Cora Jade at the 23-minute and one-second mark. Roxanne Perez winning 2-1-1-0 to one to one to zero here. In this match, Roxanne Perez goes over and will become the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. And let's just go ahead and get this out of the way, PJ, because we have not gotten to talk about this. Uh, maybe, I, maybe we have, and I'm just, I'm just not remembering it. Roxanne Perez would go to defeat, go on to defeat Mandy Rose on a, on a regular Tuesday episode of NXT, and Mandy Rose would be released the next day after a record-setting 400-plus title run here in NXT. Um, let's just put it out there. Mandy Rose had a website uh, that put out her own adult content. Rumors were circulating that uh, Mattel, the the makers of WWE's action figures, had come out in uh, opposition of this. Uh, Either Mandy Rose uh, chose to continue or or this rumor wasn't true. And nevertheless, um, there were also some of her uh, content that that she was paid for um, for private I guess videos, private content that border, bordered on uh, hardcore pornography. And as a result, WWE re- would release her PJ. Before we move on to the next match in this card, um, because this sort of Roxanne Perez becoming champion was very unexpected. And then everything that came out about Mandy Rose uh, very soon afterwards. Um, give us your take on the entire situation with Mandy Rose being released how do you feel about it? Did, did, did Mandy handle it the right way? She did allow uh, – the rumors were that she was informed upon arriving to the arena that she would be – she was going to be released the next day. She did the job, took the pin, didn't just let the title be vacated, um, and, and, and you know, ultimately was released. But how do you think she handled the situation? How do you think WWE handled the situation? Um, give us your overall opinion on what happened post-NXT deadline with Mandy Rhodes. So I don't mind that Manny Rhodes uh, was let go because she stuck to her guns. And, um, you know, it's one of those things people want to shit on these beautiful women who do OnlyFans. Uh, but it's like, man, you got a beautiful body and you got the confidence. Or even if you don't, if you, even if to um, society's standards, you don't have a beautiful body and you have confidence. I, I, it, that, that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't, it, you know, I, it doesn't wash to me. Um, I think that she was. I think she was just fine for doing it, um, and she's making a lot more money now. So whatever. So, what I will say: Roxanne Perez winning the NXT title, long NXT NXT Women's title, 
totally, totally justifiable. Uh, when she was Roxy, she was the first ever Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, and she's a phenomenal talent. I was happy I did not mention this. I am happy that she did win the match and obviously went on to beat um, uh, Amanda, Amanda Rhodes. But I think that even Amanda Rhodes did not get busted and um, – it would have lost. She would have lost the title eventually to Roxanne, anyway, in my opinion, because Roxanne Perez, Roxy, whoever you want to call, her, is a fantastic talent. And um, no, I, I'm I'm totally with I'm totally with Mandy on this one. Like you know, I, I get where WWE probably wouldn't have given a whole lot of a fuck if it didn't affect their sponsorships and it didn't affect their wallet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So first of all, to sp- talk about Roxanne Perez. Um... It was a little irritating to me how overselling and overzealous Booker T was about her on commentary in this match. But um, I'm not familiar with her with her Ring of Honor work. But um, you know, there's like like you said, if she was a the a champion in Ring of Honor, it makes sense to put the title on her now, um, especially with the situation of Mandy Rose. What I will say about Mandy Rose, and I believe I've said this on another pod, podcast, is that. Um, I find it a little hypocritical from WWE's perspective. Um, An argument that I saw was that, you know, WWE uh, had Playboy playmates and promoted this sort of stuff, um, but that was before they went public. No, they went public in the late, in the mid to late nineties and then promoted not only the attitude era, but they also promoted and celebrated the women, the divas, if you will, of WWE when they were, when they graced the cover of Playboy magazine and whatnot, even even celebrated when Shawn Michaels graced the cover of Playgirl magazine. So, granted, I know we're in a different age, day and age. I know this this age of uh, uh, of innovation and this age of technology um, is is much farther advanced than it was twenty years ago. Um, to your point, PJ, uh, Mandy Rose stayed true to herself. Um, she would not let someone put put you know restrictions on her. She was selling her own content. Granted, some of it was leaked that that got out, but she was she was doing it on her own. It was not like she's been pressured. And like you said, she's made much more money than and now with her a website than she ever did in WWE or NXT. So kudos to her. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, going by what you said earlier, WWE had a live a live sex celebration on a Monday Night Raw. I don't want to hear fucking shit about their morals, about their like. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. All uh, t- now that being said, you know, I have a beautiful wife at home that I would just look at her naked. I don't have to pay forty dollars for Mandy Rhodes's naked dudes. That, yeah. but if you do, good for you. And if you want to slip me one. I would appreciate it because I don't want to pay for it. It's, so it's send, your nudes, send, send your nudes to tap out some touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> don't you put that on me. I'm not the one asking for it. It was I, the, well, I don't have Twitter, so what do you want? No, if, not on Twitter. I thought you were trying to send them to the email address at tap out Oh, that too. Yeah, that gmail. too. Gmail.com, but I'm yeah, not asking for that. See, no, you finished it. You finished it. I didn't tell them it was no, Gmail. You, you did. It's in the it's, – it's description of the podcast oh then hold on on. here cut this cut this cut this i'll just say guys go to the description and you'll see the email send your nudes there (laughs) Uh, i won't say the email address but uh go to the description and we'll we'll get it there there we go there we go there back on track i'm not cutting anything uh but once (laughs) once again uh mandy rose uh it would be unfortunate not to see her on my tv every week but again as you you stated if i really wanted to see her every week 
I could pay I for still her remember, content. I, I still remember Mandy Rhodes coming. Uh, she when she um, uh, Mandy Rhodes coming. Jesus, uh, Mandy I, Rhodes being at the house show at WWE here in North Charleston. Yes. Her coming out in a towel, and that was like what? That was just. That was awesome. Didn't, anyway, didn't, didn't she wrestle Oscar, or was that Peyton Royce to wrestle Oscar? I can't remember. Unfortunately, oh no, that was no, 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 no. Peyton Peyton Royce. That was the NXT house show where Peyton Royce worked uh, Oscar. I was talking about the WWE. It was like WWE Live or something like that. Oh, uh, North Charleston yeah, Coliseum or some one. BS. Yeah, going to something that wasn't as pretty, and you might disagree with me, but I did not think this was very pretty. Um, Isla Dawn taking on out. What is it, Alba Frey? Who I know her as so, Kaylee Ray. So, like, it's, I mean, I, it's it's actually Isla Dawn. First of all, before we get into this match, we get a women's tag team championship promo that was super cringy, and then we get into the singles match. The two back to back women's uh, women's matches to start the show to end it with men's matches. Isla Dawn taking on Alba Fire. Um, I don't know much about this this storyline. Um, I I that's. I wish I had somewhere to go with it. The match went nine minutes, 52 seconds. It was the shortest match on the main card. Um, I'll give you my notes here, PJ. Two women's matches, again, to start off the show. Interesting choice. A couple of suicide dive spots that were decent. Uh, Alba Fire hits a swanton bomb that just looked absolutely terrible. Um, you've got another weird gimmick where Isla Dawn just somehow poisoned the referee by touching his leg. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. And then, on top of it, like a new referee comes in and basically just sort of like, like nudges the other referee with his foot to get out of the ring so he can hit the three count as Dawn hits fire on the exposed middle turnbuckle and hits her finish. I first of all, I should ma- mention I gave the the opening match two and a half stars. I gave this match two stars. PJ, how'd you feel about this match? Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Uh, I love Kaylee Ray. She's a great talent. Um, yeah. One and a half stars. It just sh- shitty Gaga for the sake of Gaga. I hated it. I can't believe that they've got Kaylee Ray in this gimmick. I just I don't understand it. But yep. you know, it's and this isn't Vince behind it this time. Put your put your fingerprint on Shawn Michaels for this match and, and in this gimmick. But but I digress. We won't spend too much time on it here. The next match on the card, the NXT Tag Team Championship on the line. I mentioned this in the opening bell. New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods coming back down. Not coming back down. Xavier Woods might be. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods coming down to NXT to take on Pretty Deadly, the team of Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Uh, There was a – I didn't write a whole lot of notes on this match, but I did love this match. I gave it – matter of fact, I gave all three men's matches four stars. Let's just get that out the way. Um, Sexist. Yeah, it is what it is, man. A pretty funny spot where they all tried to do the uh, the Eddie Guerrero. They all got hit with the title spot. Um, I honestly think this might have been the match of the night. Lots of great stuff. Uh, Kofi jumped over the top at one point in this match. Um, great finish. Uh, spoiler alert: I didn't I didn't think they needed the win, but not upset with the fact that New Day are your new NXT Tag Team Champions. They complete the Triple Crown Tag Team titles in WWE. PJ, how'd you feel about the Tag Team Championship match between New Day and Pretty Deadly? I love this match. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And I didn't, you know, I don't understand the fans. I use that term loosely. Shitting on New Day and creative for letting them go back to NXT and shit. It's like, man, like, you guys act like that this is real. I mean, 
kind of sound like it's it's like tough enough or some shit or like OVW. I mean, going back to NXT, man, like a lot of like uh, wrestlers have gone back. Finn Balor went back um, and had another run. Cesaro went back and had another run. Um, I don't see the problem with the roster getting too large. So you send somebody back to NXT and have them do a run in there for a little while. Plus, this match was fantastic. I gave him four stars. Yeah, and it was and it was, and it, and it was just long enough. Fourteen minutes, five seconds. Um, yeah, great, great stuff. Loved it. Yeah, and listen, at some point, the New Day is going to have to put over another tag team. And that is going to be something of epic proportion when even if it's pretty deadly, come back and get the tag titles back off of New Day, and they go over on probably a top three of all-time tag team in WWE history. So despite going over here, they will eventually have to relinquish these titles. And when they do, it will be a big deal for whoever they give the rub to. Um, so absolutely phenomenal match. If there's a match that you watch on this card, I think it's this one. Um, a match that I enjoyed more than I should have is the next match. Before we get to the main event, we are in the penultimate match of NXT deadline. It is your men's Iron Survivor Challenge for the number one contendership for the NXT championship. Again, a time limit, 25 minutes. Your, your participants, Grayson Waller, Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Joe Gacy, and Axiom. PJ, I've done a lot of talking here. I'm going to let you give us your thoughts first on this Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. I mean, not a whole lot of notes here. Uh, I, just, I really wanted to watch the match because you have a lot of talent in here. Uh, Axiom is fantastic. J.D., um, <laughs> I, I did write down that they were stiff as shit, Axiom and JD, yeah. um, in the um, in the penalty box. That was that was kind of fun, um, very very brutal. That's super stiff. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of notes. It, it was good, but it would have just been better if it was just a five way elimination match or something. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe I'm just getting old where I hate Gaga. You know, I don't know. I, oh, I, I yeah. it was okay. Okay, Boomer. No, um, <laughs> I know that's how that's how I yeah. feel talking about it. I don't want to feel that way. But yeah. um, you're I don't know your regular Scrooge McDuck over here. No, listen, um, I I did write a couple notes because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, you mentioned Axiom. I think he could be something special. I really like what I've seen specifically in this match. Um, and honestly, the the match early makes me mad that they did away with the cruiserweight championship because they have plenty of wrestlers that could. Uh, propel a cruiserweight championship and, and make it something worth it instead of getting lost in the shuffle like it did when Vince McMahon took over NXT. Um, there was a spot in this match where, where uh, Waller comes in and immediately gets two pins at the 14-minute 14 second and the 14-minute 36 uh, second. Uh, yeah. he, uh, he gets, um, I, I believe, I'm, I'm trying to find, no, I'm sorry, 10 minutes, 13 seconds, 10 minutes, 17 seconds. He pins both Axiom and J.D. McDonough uh, after Ace Crushers, uh, or after the Ace Crusher had been applied. Um, gets pins on both of them. It was a really cool spot here. Um, his and by peer, the way, I, I, I'm a huge Jordan Devlin dark. <laughs> yeah, Jordan dark Devlin guy. mark. Yeah. Dark. Jordan Devlin mark. And so the fact that he got shit on in this match and didn't get one pin, yeah. I was like, geez, man, imagine making him look that fucking weak. But, I mean, Either way, like I said, even our Carmelo Hayes, fantastic wrestler, yeah, uh, all great talent. I just, you know, I just hate the gimmick. Well, you know, I'm a if any if I'm if I'm nothing, I'm a whore for gear. But 
Grayson Waller's gear is trash. It's it's like it's intended to be a basketball or not ba- boxing shorts, but he doesn't have a boxing gimmick. It just doesn't make sense for his gimmick. You know um, who it looked. You know who it reminded me of. Did you ever play um, the Tekken fighting games? Yes, and I. I Do you remember? I you remember? You remember Tekken four or five? Maybe there was that boxer character Steve Fox. Yeah, yeah. That's who he that. looked like. I mean, except Steve was a boxer in in the game, a storyline. But uh, that's who it reminded me of when I when he came out and he, you know, he, he he's got the um, got the brown hair and all and all that. I was just like, oh, it looks like fucking Steve Fox. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's maybe like two people out of the five people that listen to this podcast that might get that fucking <laughs> reference. And, um, so. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Tekken fan too. Actually, they announced Tekken Eight should be coming out next week or next month. Well, so that's kind of happy about that. Yeah. Um, let's get back to here. Uh, Joe Gacy. Uh, listen, I've seen him, I've seen him wrestle in pants and his button downs. He's in regular, like wrestling gear. He hit a couple of high flying moves that were impressive for his size that I did not think was, um, what he was capable of doing. So kudos to him. And honestly, it was a great finish despite not needing to beat Grayson Waller to get that final pin. Um, they sort of ran out the clock with, with, with Grayson Waller. Um, running away and getting the win as time expires. Let me go over the, the stats here. Carmelo Hayes would, would get a pin over Axiom after a swinging vertical suplex at the 7-minute 12-second mark. Grayson Waller, again, would get two pins, both on Axiom and J.D. McDonough. Axiom would then get back-to-back pins at 14-14 and 14-36. Joe Gacy would get back-to-back uh, wins, first on a submission with the rings of Saturn on Axiom and then a pinfall after the upside-down world on Carmelo Hayes at the 17-11 mark. Carmelo Hayes would then get another submission win uh, on Grayson Waller, submitted to the crossface at 19-24. And then after Hayes hit Axiom with a diving leg drop, Waller gets the pin at 24 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, Axiom would be eliminated at that point because he would be in the penalty box. And for the next uh, for the next 30 seconds, uh, everybody seemingly went after Grayson Waller. They did try to get a pinfall on JD McDonough, but but Waller would pull him out of the ring and then run around to get the win. Uh, Grayson Waller wins three to two to two to three to two to two to two to nothing in this match. Um, Axiom took four L's in this match. Uh, Grayson Waller took two, and JD McDonough took two. Um, so pretty interesting to see how many how many times somebody got got sort of uh, panned or submitted, whatever the case may be. But again, I gave this match four stars. There's a lot of really good action, a lot of really talented wrestlers. I just think we're in agreement that we hope this Iron Survivor Challenge doesn't become a regular thing. Would you agree? Yeah, very much so. Uh, I I don't think it should be a thing. <clears throat> I wish you know Survivor Challenge. What I think of is like elimination kind of thing. Yeah, you know why don't you have eight or ten wrestlers in there, and it's just a big elimination pinfall thing until you get to the final two or something, um, or even a survivor challenge to where you get to the final two and then um, the bell rings and it becomes a no disqualification match or, or something. I, I don't know, um, or uh, you know, and maybe this is even too gaga ish, but you have eight <clears throat> eight wrestlers. Uh, once four get pinned and you have a four, you have a, you know, four way, it becomes no disqualification. Then when it gets down to the final two, it turns into a ladder match or something like that. I don't know. That's a survivor challenge to me. You know, what's not surviving sitting in a fucking box. That's, that's, we can't agree on that. 
Uh, and you know, I, I realized, you know why I like um the fucking boiler room, the boiler room, boiler room bra and the buried alive match? Because there's no fucking out. penalty box. Ah, if you say so. You are so animated this week, and I'm here for I, it. You know, it's one of those things, too, where the only clip thing that's close to a penalty box in the Buried Alive match was is the grave, because it's yeah. a permanent penalty. You're done. But, like, I'm just going to come out of my penalty box. I hate it. Well, I digress. We have finally gotten through both Iron Survivor challenges, and we have made it. Thank God. Now we can get to the match of the card. The main event, the NXT Championship, is on the line. Is Braun Breaker takes on Apollo Crews. This match goes 14 minutes, 34 seconds. A fun vignette where they have sort of built a friendship uh, leading into this match and, and the, having similar uh, similar skill sets, similar body types. Um, and, and I think we get a really, really good story being told here. Back and forth by, by these two guys. Again, similar skill sets. They showed them uh, in the pre-match vignette where they both did standing moonsaults on the ground. Um, Apollo even uses Braun Breaker's finisher and he can't put Braun Breaker down. Um, Braun Breaker would hit a spear and it was a pretty good spear to retain uh, the NXT Championship. Gaga after the match, the Iron Survivor, Grayson Waller would come in to attack Breaker after this match, which continues to tell the story that Braun Breaker, regardless of how he wins and retains, always has a target painted on his back. He's starting to remind me of an NXT John Cena, if you will, I gave this match again four stars. PJ, how'd you feel? How'd you feel about this NXT Championship match between Braun Breaker and Apollo Cruz? I this was the match of the night for me. I gave it four and a half stars. I I loved the story of this match. I loved the. Um, I mean, it just felt like two powerhouses just tearing each other up, man. I mean, three power bombs, three German suplexes, knees countering top rope bulldog attempt. A nasty, nasty moonsault to the mat from the apron. DDT countering military press slam. I mean, Apollo is so good. Ua Nation, who was his indie name, is such an underutilized and underrated wrestler in WWE. It's insane. Uh, and Braun Breaker did a great job in this match as well. I can agree with you that he is kind of turned out to be a little bit of the John Cena of NXT, except Braun Breaker is entertaining. Um Apollo Crews and Braun, I mean, it felt like it felt like Superman and Captain America going against each other. It was just two two brawlers, man. And I loved it. I really, really did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I get four and a half stars here. And perfect time, too. We get what, a 15 minute match? I, I loved it. Yeah. I did was... the only the only note I wrote, the negative thing that I wrote is the a little bit of a little bit of gaga. Um, the camera zooming in to, to Apollo. And then his eyes opening up, and yeah. that was that was weird to me, you know. It, it yeah, and a lot. I didn't love that. That's a different Apollo we're seeing here, as they would say on commentary. But yeah, yeah, that's... you know, it's just like Randy Orton. Like Randy Orton's going to that dark place. Oh yeah. fuck off! Sit yeah. in your penalty box. <laughs> that's gonna be my new thing. Whenever you get out of hand, I'm gonna put you in the penalty box. Well, good luck. Um, good luck. I'm putting in your own show. I'm gonna put you in the penalty box. Yeah, I've been I've been watching some hockey lately, so I, I have a I have a, an affinity for the penalty box. But I digress. PJ, before we take our final break and preview next week's show, what would you give this NXT deadline as a total uh, total show star rating? Oh man, uh, I don't want to give it two and a half because that's too low. It's it's insulting. I'll say three. 
I'm going to give it three and a half stars because the men's matches were impressive. I honestly liked the women's Iron Survivor Challenge, uh, but it just uh, kind of like what we both alluded to already. Um, if we never see the Iron Survivor Challenge again, I don't think we'd be disappointed. Uh, PJ, we're going to take our final break. Coming up next, the main event, we're going to preview next week's wrestling episode. We are going to review an, an old, a classic, if you will, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom, and then I'll preview uh, what will be our football season finale, uh, if you will, football-only show season finale coming up later this week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome to the main event of this show. Your guy, Bully Rye and PJ Steven. Hopefully, you enjoyed the uh, the breakdown of NXT deadline from December of 2022. Um, before we get into the main, I guess, before we get into uh, the preview of next week's episode, I should uh, mention, uh, last week we saw the season finale of Bully's Buys and Sells on our football episodes this week will be the season finale of football-only episodes. If you have been living under a rock, we have two more weeks left in the NFL regular season, and we are well underway into college football bowl season with the college football semifinals taking place this weekend. Uh, that would be New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, so, so yeah, I figured we're, we're sort of winding down on season four of the show. Uh, there's no reason... Uh, per se, to, to keep you for two whole episodes a week. So we're going to go back to doing uh, what we did early in this season and do football and wrestling in one episode. So um, so this week, season finale of football-only episodes. Then we have some some exciting shows coming, you, coming to you before the end of season four, which does not uh, disclude, uh, or, or maybe, maybe I should say this a different way, which uh, definitely includes next week's wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, a classic Wrestle Kingdom, considering that it's not the classic in classical standards. Um, we are reviewing Wrestle Kingdom 13. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to PJ Steven, and he's going to tell you what to expect to hear on next week's show. So Wrestle Kingdom 13, uh, let's let's go over real quick. So we um, I sent Frick like three Wrestle Kingdoms to for him to pick um, which one to do. I sent him Wrestle Kingdom 12, 13, and I think I sent you Wrestle Kingdom 9 as well. I tried to stay away from the most recent Wrestle Kingdoms because um, of the one night and two night, and I know we just don't have we just don't have the time to uh, review both nights and um, for, 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 for the time that we have. Um, I want to go over real quick, Wrestle Kingdom 9, the, one of the ones that I sent to um, Frick. Uh, super fun, super fun event, man. And like the, the reason that I kind of wanted to do this one, but I'm glad you picked 13, but I wanted to go over Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. That match to me is like probably one of the best matches in New Japan history. So fun stuff on Wrestle Kingdom 9, but we're not talking about Wrestle Kingdom 9. We're going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom 13. Um, 
took place in 2019, obviously, at the Tokyo Dome. It's always January 4th. A um, few matches to go over here. I won't go through all of them since we're have time, or since we we're low on time, and I want Frank to have time uh talk about his foosball show. Uh, but I will go over uh, Will Ospreay taking on Kota Ibushi for the uh, Never Open Weight Champion. Right there, you have a banger of a match. Um, Lij, who is going to be uh, Bushi and Shingo Takagi, is going to take on Suzuki, Suzuki Goon, uh, Kenamaro, and El Desperado, and also uh, Rapami 3K, who is a show and yo with Rocky Romero. Uh, I got watch it. I'm looking forward to watching this back because. I loved watching Sho and Yo tag team together, and now they've gone their separate ways. Of course, Yo, uh, Yo will be at Wrestle Kingdom teaming up with Lilo Rush to uh, try to take on uh, Catch Twenty Two for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. That's super fun. Um, and Suzuki Goon, I don't know if you saw this, Frank. Suzuki Goon had their final match the other night uh, at Road to Tokyo Dome uh, with a an eight man tag team match. Uh, with all of the members. Lance Archer had some really nice things to say. So did Zack Sabre, Tachi, and all these guys just praising Minoru Suzuki. Uh, uh, not a whole lot of reason why Suzuki Goon is ending. All I know is they're going to continue their separate ways. Um, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. will get a bigger singles push here. Or Minoru Suzuki will get back into the title picture, which I would love to see before he ends his career. Uh, so moving on, though, secret of Zack Sabre Jr., we get Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Tomoro Ishii for the British Heavyweight Championship. I always love when they have those on there. Uh, another um, another LIJ match with Sonata and Evil when they were a tag team before Evil joined the Bullet Club. Taking on, speaking of the Bullet Club... Gorillas of Destiny, G.O.D., and also the Young Bucks are in this match for the three-way tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Champion. And I think I know why uh, Frank might have picked this one. His favorite wrestler is in this next match. We have Cody taking on Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. Cody had a, uh, a small run in the Bullet Club in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. A uh, great run. Had great match with Dakota Ibushi, Juice Robinson, and we're going to see one of them here. Uh, Tashi Ishimori taking on Kushida, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Kushida made his uh, uh, return to New Japan this past year, which is fun. Uh, final three matches, guys. Switchblade, Jay White taking on Kazushika uh, Okada. This is one of the first uh, – not one of the first, excuse me, but one of the uh, one of the few – where Okada is not the title picture in this Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, this is a great match, and this is a turning point in Jay White's career, and I can't wait to get into that uh, next week. Uh, Tetsuya Naito is going to take on Chris Jericho. Yes, Chris Jericho, who uh, was in Wrestle Kingdom 12, taking on Kenny Omega, um, and decided to stick around and take on Tetsuya Naito uh, for the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and you're going to have your main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13 Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to take on the champion, Kenny Omega, for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Now, Kenny Omega won the IWGP Championship at Dominion uh, earlier that year. And, of course, we're going to have – and, of course, we know why um, Hiroshi Tanahashi <coughs> is taking him on. Because Hiroshi Tanahashi won the G1 Climax that year. And that's how Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to get into the title picture to take on Kenny Omega for that belt. Super, super fun match. And again, this is a great, great Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, and I'm glad you picked this one, Frank. What made you pick this one, by the way? I, did I guess it? Was it kind of Cody or, or I mean, something it completely was, different? 
honestly, it was sort of, um, in my opinion, the last remnants of AEW still in New Japan. You got Cody, you've got the Young Bucks, you've got Omega. Um, you know, it's it's still like peak Bullet Club, in my opinion, with with God still there. Um, you know, I love me some Okada, some some Japanese John Cena, if you will. So, uh, yeah, man. Oh like, my God! It, Listen it was, to you. <laughs> no, man. It's oh, just, I can't believe it's. Uh, you know, this was when I probably should have started getting to get into New Japan, and I didn't, and I missed the boat. And some of the big stars from this show would would start AEW. So it's sort of uh, my my um, I don't know my ode to them to want to go and watch this show. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely suggest if you've got the time, if you've got the subscription to new, to new Japan, uh, what's, what's, what's the website. We're going to give them a free plug. New Japan, all world. Uh, yeah. New, new Japan, new Japan world. Yeah. New, yeah. If you've got a subscription, to new Japan world, I definitely suggest you go and go out and watch this show prior to our podcast, because next week, the wrestling part of our podcast will be all about, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 13. PJ, thanks for all your input today. Thanks for being on the show once again. I greatly appreciate you and your animation here today. Yeah, this was really, really fun. I like doing these, uh, and I know sometimes we don't always get to do them early because of work and schedules and such, but I like doing the shows early because I'm still kind of awake. I have been going to bed super early recently, and uh, this is good that I've kind of got some... um, some uh, pep in my step here for this uh, for this episode. This is a fun episode, but man, I'm biased. I cannot wait to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 13 uh, with you. I can't wait for you to watch it, and I can't wait for myself to go back and rewatch it because, guys, coming up not next week but the week after, January 4th, it's Wrestle Kingdom 17, guys, and it's going to be fantastic. The crowd is finally able to voice their opinion um, after the Japanese government have said that, hey, you guys can shout now at events. They had shut that down because of COVID. They had very strict COVID um, uh, policies, uh, so they've been doing a lot of clapping. But now when Omega hits that, uh, that's, that uh, stage and takes on Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States champion, that crowd is going to pop. For their for their for their their son Kenny Omega, which I cannot wait for. Um, Kosushi Okada taking on Jay White for the IWGP Heavy World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, this is Wrestle Kingdom 17. I'm talking. Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. I hope that you get to watch it as well. I invited you over at 2:30 in the morning to have sausage biscuits with me and watch Wrestle Kingdom. You have yet to get back to me. Uh listen, your boy has got to work. Um. Oh, see, if you would have saved some damn yeah, PTO. I know. Same reason I couldn't take off this week. I didn't save the PTO. And now I need my time to uh, to go on a cruise in April. So, um, oh, my that's God, a cruise. That's, that's where we are, man. But, yeah, as PJ said, a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming with New Japan over the next couple of weeks. De- definitely stay tuned for both of our review shows. And, again, if you are a member of New Japan World, uh, definitely take advantage of not – I highly suggest you sign up. Um, later this week, it should be tomorrow, um, we will be doing our season finale of the football season, of the football-only shows. We are going to review uh, and sort of preview playoff implications in the NFL. We are going to recap bullies, buys, and sells on the season as we had our season finale picks last week. We're going to recap that. Um, I'm actually going to go through and look at my preseason projections and predictions and see how close I came to being right 
Spoiler alert, I was pretty close on a lot of them. So stay tuned later this week, if not tomorrow, um, because you should be listening to this show on a Wednesday. Um, This football show will go live on Thursday, but it will also be available on Tobacco Road Sports Radio on their TGI Friday lineup. This wrestling episode will also be available on their hashtag Wrestling Wednesdays, a brand new uh, wrestling uh, slate of shows on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Um, That's all the time we've got for this week. I appreciate, once again, you listening for us uh, speak about the NXT deadline. Deadline, yeah. Yes, yeah, easy for me to say. NXT deadline in the penalty box, 2022. Yep, that's it. So thank you for listening to this week's NXT deadline review. Stay tuned next week. Stay tuned this week for the football show and next week for our combo show where we we review Wrestle Kingdom 13. For PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye, for tap outs and touchdowns, and I'll be around.